0: If there's an open way, I'll just run. He's worthy of our praise. We surrender because he's worthy. Let's just pray right now. Father God, I just come before you. I pray, Lord, that the work that you're already doing in this place, you would continue, God. Do what only you can do, God. Do what only you can do, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Some of you, God's already touching your heart. God's already healing your mind. God's already delivering you, setting you free. There's healing taking place tonight. Breakthrough tonight. Just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands. Holy Spirit, just sweep through this place in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. You're the only way. You're the only way. You're the only way. You're the King above all kings. You're the Lord of all lords. And you're the name above all names you're matchless God you can set somebody free tonight God you can set the captive free tonight God you can set the person that feels like they're too dirty you can redeem them by the power of your blood you can save them God and bring them into your kingdom God you can bring the backslider home tonight God you can bring the prodigal home tonight God I felt the Holy Spirit share with me earlier I felt him just say, I'm going to bring my children home tonight. Lost sons and daughters, I'm bringing them home tonight. Holy Spirit, continue to have your way each and every moment tonight. We love you, we thank you, and we give you all the glory. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We got your back. Pastor Eli, can I get this down, down there? Is that okay? Help a brother out real quick. If we could get some house lights in here too. How many of you guys are excited tonight? That's perfect, yeah, that's good. I'm excited to be here tonight. The Lord has been just, man, God is good. God is good. When you spend time with the Lord, you really do taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, I mean, I've tried it. Many of us can testify in here today. You've tasted of the world. You've tasted of lust. You've tasted of drugs. And and you could say today, there's no high like the most high. Uh, I'm about to preach it. There's no high like the most high. There's no pill like the gospel. Come on, somebody. There's no bottle of alcohol that can compare to the living water. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you that God is good? Can I tell you that God can save, redeem, and restore? I just want to thank Pastor Ruben, Pastor Eli, the whole team here. Thank you guys for this opportunity. I never take it lightly. Uh, I want to honor my dad who's here in the front row. Come on. My dad and i um, grateful for you dad. Thank you so much for raising us right. I want to honor Pastor Joe and Sister Anna who's here tonight. Thank you. Um, Pastor Joe was my youth leader growing up. He was my, my Pastor Eli. He was like, man, he was on us. How many thank God for leaders that don't play no games? How many thank God for leaders that don't play no games, that draw the line? Come on, somebody. Leadership is no place for cowards. Leadership is no place for cowards. God's raising up a remnant that will draw the line. God's raising up a remnant that's not going to placate sin. God's raising up a remnant that's not going to downplay darkness. God's raising up a remnant that will walk in light, that will walk in truth and purity. Come on, somebody. Paul the apostle, he he speaks in Acts chapter 20, and he says to his leadership, I didn't shrink back from telling you what you needed to hear. I want to honor you for that. Man, our youth leaders, they didn't shrink back from telling us what we needed to hear. Matter of fact, when there was like 10 people in the Bible study, I remember Pastor Joe preaching to us like we were 10,000 people. That's a labor of love right there. That's doing it from the heart. I want to honor you, and I'm thankful for you. I want to honor my wife and, and my, my beautiful babies who are back home in Texas. Do we got the picture up there? I, I felt like I just wanted to show you guys because I come here a lot, but we don't show the picture. That's my beautiful wife, my baby Summer, Summer Boo, and that's my my baby girl Winter, my two baby girls right there. They're so amazing. And do you got the video? I I got this video today. (laughs) My mom, their grandma had them at a penny well putting their feet in the water. You know how grandmas do crazy stuff? Have you ever got a video from the grandma in your family and you're like, what are you doing with my children? So that's winter and summer. They're they're just a pocket full of sunshine. Praise God. That's good, my brother. And and I wanted to show that tonight because I just want to tell you guys that God can bless you. I want to tell you that God can really, really bless you beyond your, your wildest imagination. And God has blessed me. He's been good to me. I never would have thought that a a drug addict kid from the streets of San Jose, California would be blessed the way that I am today. But Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. God had a plan. Tonight, I want to speak to you about Esther. I want to talk to you about Queen Esther, and I want to talk to you about taking your place in authority. Everybody say authority. Because we, we have a problem, we have a problem in this generation. <laughs> we have a big problem. This generation doesn't want to take their authority. This generation has been blessed with a mantle to go in and begin to dismantle the enemy in the darkness in your generation. And all you gotta do is step into your authority. Tell the person next to you, you got the crown. Tell the, tell the person next to you, you got the crown. That's the title of my message. You got the crown. And I'm going to bring out something that caught me when I was reading this that I never read when I was reading Esther. And I hope it ministers to you the way that it ministers to me. First, I want to explain to you that she has been given authority. It says, Esther was taken to King Xerxes at the royal palace in early winter of the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. Everybody say favor. See, God gave an unlikely candidate favor. She was an orphan. Her her mom and dad died, but a man by the name of Mordecai stepped in. This is why spiritual leadership is so important. And he raised up a queen out of an orphan. Come on, somebody. I'm about to preach that right there. God can raise something up that you never expected when there's good leadership. This is why it's important you get planted, right? It says that he was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head, you got the crown, and declared her queen instead of Vashti. Queen Vashti was the girl before King Xerxes had another girl, and, and this is what happened. He had a party at his house, and he wanted Queen Vashti to come out because he got tipsy. I'm just going to paraphrase so you guys know what's going on. This is what the Bible says. Sometimes I'm going to paraphrase the ESV version of the Bible, the Side version. <laughs> The king got faded. That's what the Bible says. He drank a little too much, and he was there with his homies, and all of a sudden he said he wanted his queen to come out and show off her beauty. He wanted her to come out with the crown and show off her beauty, and she said no. So she got kicked to the side. And so in comes an opportunity for Esther. Everybody say, just give me an opportunity. In comes Esther, and it says to celebrate the occasion, he gave a great banquet in Esther's honor for all his nobles and officials, declaring a public holiday. Everybody say public. For the provinces and giving generous gifts to everybody. I want to talk to you about this point right here. He publicly honored her with authority. He publicly let everybody know this is the queen, and she has favor, and she has authority. But somewhere along the line, Esther begins to forget how favored she is. And she begins to forget how much authority she has with the king. This means that if God has honored you and God has saved you and he's placed his anointing upon you, heaven knows it, the earth knows it, and hell even knows it. Well, why, why since I gave my life to the Lord is it, is it so hard for me to serve God and it was easier in the, in the world? It's because the devil knows that you've been crowned with an anointing. And the devil knows that if you walk in that anointing the way you're called to walk in it, you're going to make an impact. So he's after you. He attacks your mind. He attacks to distract you. Anything he can do to get you off track and not worship God. The devil has always, he's just always wanted worship. He's always wanted worship. From the very beginning, he wanted worship. He still wants worship. There's this thing on your phone, if you have an iPhone, and it tells you how much time you've spent on each app. Now, I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit has used that thing in my life. It says an hour on Instagram, two hours on Twitter, five hours on Facebook, And then you look at the time on your Holy Bible app, and it's two minutes. Where is my worship? Where is my worship? I could be getting fed the word of God. I could be getting fed the word of God. And instead, the devil's force-feeding me with all this other stuff. It says all the king's officials would bow down before Haman. There, there comes a man by the name of Haman, and, and we're just going to represent him as the devil in this story. There's always, a, there's always a devil in each story. Haman walks in, and this is a man that becomes the king's right-hand man, but, but he really wasn't ready for leadership. This is why it's important, Pastor, that, that we don't raise up a novice because then they'll be puffed up with pride. This is why it's important you don't, you don't empower title. You don't empower gifting, but you empower an anointing. Because I know a lot of people that have been empowered, but the oil's not on them. But because they can sing, we just put them up there. Then three years down the line, everything falls apart. Because you anointed somebody with gifting and no character. And your gifting will take you sometimes where your character can't keep you. This is why when, when God is raising you up, you have to be okay with the process. Come on, young legends. You got to be okay with the process. You, you want to be on a platform. You you want all this. You want all that. But you got to be okay with the process because if God would have put me today where I'm at, five years ago, it would have killed me. Haman was a man that got promoted, but he wasn't ready. Come on, somebody say he wasn't ready. And and he got, he got power hungry. He got caught up in, in his title and his... And all of a sudden he's going around and everybody's bowing down to him. But there's one person that won't bow down to him. And it's that man of God that raised up Esther. See, because when there's a Mordecai in the land, there's discernment in the land. When there's a Mordecai in the land, everybody can be bowing down to something that seems good or bowing down to something that sounds good. But there will be a Mordecai in the land that says, I have a check in my spirit that this isn't of God. This is why it's important you don't just follow any trend. Trusting I know that you'll lead the way. You set me free from my evil ways. I ain't going to follow what the culture tells me. I'm going to just do what my Jesus say. Brian told me keep a kingdom, bro. One mission, lift Jesus up. Only here to reach lost souls. Oh, I forgot the rest. Praise God. But it's important that we remember. It's important that we remember. not to. We have to be careful. We can't get caught up in our position. And it says, all the king's officials would bow down before Haman to show him respect whenever he passed by. For so the king had commanded. But Mordecai refused to bow down or show him any respect. I want to talk to a Mordecai generation. Because a Mordecai generation raises up an Esther generation. When we preach on this, oftentimes we preach about the young Esthers rising up. But I believe that God wants to raise up Mordecais and the parents. That don't just send your kids to youth camp and expect them to come back. Saved, delivered, restored, and think that that's the whole finished, complete work. Right? Sometimes you leave, your, you, leave, you leave the youth with the youth pastor, Pastor Eli, for three hours and you want a new kid. And you have them all the other hours of the week. And they're following your example. There needs to be a Mordecai generation that says, as a parent, I won't bow down to evil. As a parent, I won't bow down to the evil that's going on in the movie industry. The evil that's going on in the entertainment industry. The evil, how about this? How about this one? The evil in the music industry. Have you ever heard this one? Oh, it's just the beat, brother. How many times have you talked to parents and you're like, man, you shouldn't let them listen to that. Have you heard what the words say? It's just the beat, brother. Tell that to the thousands of people that gathered for the Travis Scott concert, a demonic concert. Lives were lost, and it's just a beat. Says, then Haman approached King Xerxes and said, there's a certain race of people. Everybody say a remnant. There's a certain remnant of people scattered through all the provinces of your empire who keep themselves separate from everybody else. Their laws are different from those of any other people and they refuse to obey the laws of the king So it's not in the king's interest to let them live if it please the king issue a decree that they be destroyed And I'll give 10,000 sacks of silver to the government administrators Haman was trying to pay to wipe out the people of God I got, I got a message for those in ministry and those in leadership the devil's willing to pay for the youth of this generation we better be ready to pay a higher price. The devil will give them success. The devil will give them money. The devil will give them lust. The devil will give them a career. The devil will bless them with all these things of the world in order to destroy them. We have to, we have to match. It says that he would give the 10,000 sacks of silver to the government administrators to be deposited When Mordecai learned about all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on burlap, and he went out into the city crying with a loud wail. He began to cry. He began to cry. I got got a question for you tonight. Where are the Mordecais that begin to cry for the nation? Where are the Mordecais that begin to cry when you see the devil doing everything he can do to steal, kill, and destroy the youth of this nation? Where's the cry? There's something powerful about a cry I said there's something powerful about a p- cry you remember blind Bartimaeus blind Bartimaeus couldn't see blind Bartimaeus couldn't see so he physically could not find his way to Jesus but he heard Jesus walking by and even though he didn't have sight he had a cry and when he began to cry out Jesus they said be quiet be quiet Bartimaeus he's busy and he began to cry out all the more. It says, Jesus. And Jesus said, bring him over here. There's a cry that got my attention. What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, I just want to see. Then instantly I received sight. Instantly my eyes were open. King Jesus revives the broken. And even though so many lies were spoken, I have found the one whom I could hope in. I just became Bartimaeus for a second. He had a cry. And then he began to tell Esther, who was his daughter in the palace, he began to tell her, you got to do something about this. I got a word. I got a word for you tonight. You got to do something about this. See, when you read the word and you begin to get the burden of God in prayer, in prayer comes a burden. This is why the devil wants to keep you out of prayer, because when there's no prayer, there's no burden. When there's no prayer, there's no compassion. And all of a sudden, your family members are all living in darkness, and you can care one bit. All of a sudden, you're distracted, worried about your own life. But when you begin to get down on your knees and you ask God for His heartbeat, when you ask God for His heartbeat for your city, and you ask God for His heartbeat in your family, something begins to shift. The devil's scared of a prayer generation because a prayerful generation is a powerful generation i thank god for leaders that taught me how to pray i thought i thank god that that they didn't teach me how to preach they taught me how to pray because out of the prayer life would come the overflow of the preaching life right it says he tells esther you you got to do something about this and this is where i think a lot of us are tonight this is what i'm getting to a lot of us are in this place where esther replied She began to give excuses why this might not work out if she spoke up. She, somewhere along the line when she got her crown and she got her authority, she forgot that she had been crowned with authority and favor and she had a place with the king to do something and make a change. Some of us in struggle, some of us in failure or just serving God and just you feel like, man, you've been growing stale in your spiritual life. You forget that you've been given authority. You got you got a power in your generation You're you're locked and loaded with with authority and power. I preach every Thursday night in our our men's home. It's called Rise Discipleship Men's Home in Abilene. And there are new guys every week that walk in off the streets fresh off drugs. I was just there Thursday night, and they came in bound by drugs. Some of them are passing out just as you're speaking. They're falling asleep. They've been up for weeks. And as I begin to preach, something began to happen. Because the Lord showed me before I got there, when he was showing me this word, he showed me, you have more authority than you've been tapping into. And as I began to preach to them, I felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon me. We didn't even get to the altar call, and the five new guys were crying at the front of the service. See, the anointing is not something to take for granted, Pastor Eli. Listen to me, worship team. Where's our worship team? You guys are anointed. No, no, you guys are anointed. That's not something to... I mean, when you guys were up here, something was shifting in the atmosphere. Don't take it for granted because you know what the anointing is? It's when God places a piece of himself on you. So you could do what you cannot do in your own strength. This is why I love to travel and preach the word of God. Not because I think I'm a good speaker. Not because I think I'm a good rapper. But it's I have faith that the Holy Spirit will come upon me to proclaim good news to the poor. I have faith that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon me to set the captive free and heal the sick man. See, the anointing is, is, is special. The authority being crowned is special. He puts a piece of heaven on you. He puts a piece of heaven on the inside of you. And now when you're speaking and and you're just talking. Now, you know, you can go to a motivational speaker and walk out feeling encouraged. But you won't walk out free. You can go and hear a motivational speaker and you can walk out with a smile on your face saying, I can do this. I can do this. But when you step into a Holy Ghost filled service. When you step into a service where the worship is tuned in to the melodies of heaven and the frequencies of heaven. When you step in and Pastor Reuben is preaching and he has the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him, something happens and the yoke is broken. That's why, that's why we need to learn to rely and lean on the Holy Spirit. Not on our, our gifting, our talent. You have been anointed. She she said, tell Mordecai, all the king's officials, even in the provinces, know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being inv- invited is doomed to die. Unless the king holds out his golden scepter and the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. I got three points for you tonight. I'm going to tell you the first one right after this scripture. So Mordecai hears the excuse. Mordecai hears the She feels like she's not the one to do this. And look what he says. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. If there's anything you can catch tonight, legends, just catch this part. Don't think for a moment, Esther, that because you're in the palace, you will escape when the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this. Listen to me, remnant. Listen to me, last day remnant. You, you want to know why the devil's going so hard in this generation right now? It's because he knows his time is short. And if you keep quiet at a time like this, if you shrink back at a time like this, history won't be the same. But God is looking for an Esther generation. God is looking for a Mordecai generation that will put a mandate on the Esther generation. That's what you were doing when I was sitting in those services in Bible studies. Only 12 years old, but you had the faith to believe that the deep calls to the deep because I wasn't understanding really here because I was so young. But what was happening was a heart transplant was taking place. And when a Mordecai generation puts a mandate and says, you better do something, God gave you your platform for a reason. God gave you your calling for, he gave you an anointing for a reason. Don't just sit there and do nothing with your anointing. Don't just sit there and do nothing with the joy that he's given. Don't just sit there and do nothing with the platform that he's given you. You better get up. That's what Mordecai was telling ta- you. You better get up. Oh, boy, I want to preach it like I feel it tonight because I remember going to Bible studies, and I remember Pastor Joe. I remember Josh speaking to us, and I remember we would be caught up with our girlfriends in junior high school, and they would preach a message about surrendering all. And I want to know why those messages are so far and few in between anymore. It it bothers me, man. Surrendering all giving it all to Christ If there's something in your life right now that doesn't belong that you need to come lay it down at the altar And we came and we laid it down at the altar and we would go back to school Breaking hearts come on somebody We would break hearts and then we would go break chains for the Lord But there was a there was a no compromise message There was a message of no compromise. Yes, God loves you. Yes, he cares for you. Yes, there's grace, but he wants full surrender. I remember he challenged, Pastor Joe challenged my brother Danny, my older brother. He said, I dare you to go get on your table tomorrow, your lunch table in the cafeteria. There's thousands of kids in this cafeteria. This is in junior high San Jose, California, and he said I challenge you. It was a Mordecai request Do something and he said get on your cafeteria table and preach the gospel And then my brother's pride worked against him because he was like I'll do it So then Joe said awesome. I'll be there and I'll get a visitor pass at your high school tomorrow He shows up to the high school. I'm I can't believe what I'm seeing he shows up to the high school with a visitor pass. I look at my brother. It looks like he's seen a ghost. So he shows up, and he's like, come on, let's go. We started walking to the cafeteria, and it was like the unction of the Holy Spirit begin to take over. My brother walked up. He stepped up on the cafeteria table, and as soon as he stepped up there, everybody just shut up. What is this guy doing? And he began to say, Hi, guys, my name is Danny. You guys know me. I go to this school, and I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. I just want to tell you that God has a plan for you. I just want to tell you that God can save you. Made history. You know, you know I still go to San Jose to this day. I walk. I, I, sometimes I see people, and they're like, hey, didn't your brother get on a table that time? Didn't he get on a table and start preaching about God? Come on, somebody. Seeds were planted because there was, a, there was a mandate. There was an order. Listen, Pastor Eli, challenge. Challenge. We were, we were writing a song today. It's called Legendary. Pastor Eli said, why don't you write a song? Call it Legendary. I wrote the hook, and I said, you know what? You know, the last, songs, last few songs we wrote together, I did both of the verses. But I said, you know what? This time, why don't we ask Ian? Where's Ian? Ian's right here. He raps. And I said, why don't, why don't you ask Ian? Why don't you ask Ian to get, in, to get on this song? Because we're challenging y'all man. We're challenging you and you're saying do something for God. And, and if you set your listen, this is the beauty of, this is the beauty of it, that, that God, when you seek Him and you ask him for a strategy to impact your generation, he wants to impact your generation. So he pours out a strategy and he makes history through your life. I wrote, a, I wrote a song for the Raiders that millions of people heard. Even the Raider players have heard it. I got connected with the Raider players that I never would have imagined being connected to. But I remember writing a song in my car one day, and I couldn't write about God. Everything was like about the Raiders. And I was like, what is this demonic spirit? This demonic... Guy. Maybe I watched too much football last week. And he said... Uh, I tried to tell you we were coming this year. It's the Oakland Raider anthem, let it bump in your ear. Derek Carter, MVP, man, he wanted this clear. Khalil, mad got quarterbacks running with fear. Yeah, I got a brag on my team. 2002, they tried to rob us, but we back for the ring. Michael Crabtree, he's a catching machine. And yeah, I love the Raiders, but I rap for my king. So then I begin to see that God was trying to reach a fan base that you you don't they don't know a lot about Jesus. Come on, somebody. He just looks demonic. I got scared they called me to do a concert for the Raiders and I got scared but 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 I asked God knew in my heart that I've always prayed since I got saved God I want to make an impact I I, I, I'm not I'm not okay with living my Christian life and never making a difference I'm just not that type of guy I, I, I in the world I was the guy that wanted to go all out in the world I was the guy that wanted to fight I didn't even know who was fighting just go hit somebody. I was radical, but then Jesus saved me. And, he gave, and when I called out to him, he gave me a strategy to impact my generation. See, if you want to make an impact, he'll use you. He says, don't think for a moment that if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. He says, deliverance and relief will rely, arise from some other place. I don't know about you. I don't want nobody else answering my call. I, I don't want nobody else taking my blessings. You ain't got no business around my blessings. I don't want nobody else reaching the city that I'm called to reach. Come on, somebody. It says that you know, in, in other words, the kingdom's gonna go forth. Don't think high and mighty of yourself. And it says, But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Who knows that if you've been through everything you've been through in your life, drug addiction, some of you have been through emotional bondage. Some of you have been through you've been through uh, uh, alcoholism. You just you've lost everything. Some of you who knows that if you've been through what you've been through so you could be a witness for such a time as this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. He says you maybe. You were born. For such. For such. But time is this. Maybe it's not a coincidence that drug or addiction has ran in your family from generation to generation. And you're called to stand in the gap and say it ran in my family until it ran into me. Alcoholism ran in my family until it ran into me. Drug addiction ran in my family until it ran into me. Come on, depression ran in my family until gang life, it ran in my family until it ran into me. Divorce ran in my family until it ran into me. All of these things, I am here for such a time as this. Think I'm going to be quiet? For such a time as this, you're not... You know what, especially here, I wanna preach this here. Especially in, in sometimes in the culture, Latino culture. I'm Mexican and sometimes we have different stories. Some of you come from Mexico, your family comes from Mexico. So in your mind, you, you think you'll never be nothing. In your heart, you, you think you're always just gonna be at the bottom. And little old me, listen, it don't matter your background, it don't matter the culture, you, your kingdom culture before you're Mexican, before you're Puerto Rican, any of those things, you're a son of the most high God. And you've been crowned. I felt like, you know what I felt like when Mordecai was telling her? You must have forgot. You must have forgot that you got an anointing for your school. You must have forgot That you got an anointing for your job. You must have forgot that you've been raised up for such a time as this. You must have forgot that they publicly honored you. Did you forget the day that you got saved? And you were crowned with his grace. And you were crowned with his anointing. Listen, the anointing is not just so you can go and, and, and see other people set free. The anointing has set me free. When I find myself messing up in mistakes or I find myself uh, down, I need the anointing on my life for me. You must have forgot. In a way, like you must have forgot why God raised you with me and he, and, and you, you, you had no parents and I raised you up and I taught you and, and then not only that but God gave you favor to somehow become queen when you were an orphan. You think that was all by accident? No, no, no. He says, maybe, just maybe. Listen to me, man. When I look and I see drug addiction and I see a generation bound by lust and I see alcohol, I see all these things just tearing apart my generation. You know what begins to burn in my spirit? I'm here for this. I was born for this. I I was raised for this. My parents, my leaders, they raised me for this. I wasn't here to just be a sideline Christian. I wasn't here to just make noise. No, I got to get on my knees. I got to begin to do something. You didn't know that you were sent by God? Some of you don't even know that tonight. That's the simple truth I'm going to preach to you. You have been sent by God. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I Seen the generation you were gonna be in and I knew that I was gonna crown you with an anointing that would be the answer to the problem You should walk into your school legends like I got the answer to any problem in this school Is somebody bound? Jesus saves. Is somebody lost? You can be found in Christ. Is somebody addicted? He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Is somebody depressed? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You've been sent by God. You got the strategy from God. And most importantly, you got the Spirit of God. That's what He told me to tell you. You've been sent by God. You've been given strategy by God. And most of all, you got the same spirit, the same spirit that went and got Jesus up out of that tomb. The same spirit that rose jesus up out of that tomb is living right here on the inside of me don't tell me that i can't make a difference don't tell me that god can't use me i don't care how young you are the day i got saved it was in a youth service at victory Outreach, san jose i went back to my house the next morning i woke up at five in the morning school didn't start till eight But there was a revival burning in my spirit, beginning to ask God, when I get to school today, break out, people got saved, healed, delivered, restored. You're not here by accident, Junior. Then Esther sent this reply, because it's really about how you respond. She sent this reply. She said, go and gather together all the Jews and fast for me. Fast for me. Something that a new generation doesn't know a lot about sometimes. Spiritual disciplines. The only thing that has broken through the church from generation to generation, what has broken the church through to reach the cities and to reach the world, prayer, fasting, the word of God. Prayer. We we need to get back, man. Pastor Ruben, you know what I mean. It's not the nice lights that's going to save nobody. It's not the smoke machine. You can powder it up all you want, but if the anointing of the Holy Ghost ain't there, you ain't doing nothing. If the anointing of the Holy Spirit isn't present, I don't want to be a part of it. Says, don't drink eat for three days night or day my maids and I will do the same and then though it is against the law I will go in I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a leap of faith she says she says though it is against the law everything's telling me not to do it though it is against the law I will go in to see the king and if I must die If I gotta die fighting for something, then I must die, she says. At least I know I died with a cause. She says, I'm gonna go in, it's against the law, and if I must die, I must die. Right now, God is looking for a generation that says, if it costs me everything, This is the order of this house, Pastor Reuben. Pastor Reuben told me the testimony of how he took over this church. Spent the money that he was going to spend on buying a retirement home. And God said, no, I want you to buy this building. That's the order that's been given from the head down to the bottom. A life laid down before God. Saying, God, we surrender all. God, we lay everything down at your feet. If tonight you feel like you need to come up here you know you need to come up here and surrender to God you've been holding back just raise your hand just wave at me we're gonna sing a song whatever worship song you guys want to sing lift up your hands and say if it costs me everything it costs me everything but you know what I can't stay silent you know what I can't I cannot do something just come up here to the front come on team come up here to the front lift up your hands in full surrender to the Lord Lift up your hands and pull to surrender to the Lord. You say, God, I need you. God, I surrender to you. I lay my life down at your feet. I surrender everything. I surrender all. you will kick I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to do tonight. Is there anybody in here that needs emotional healing? Emotional healing. I was feeling it before I came, and, and then Pastor Joe had confirmed it when we were praying. You, you've been, like, in your heart. Heart's been broken. Heart's been broken. Maybe relationship. Maybe, maybe sons, even the legends in here, the young, younger group, heart's been broken by parents. Maybe words that have been spoken over your life. And you just feel tore back emotionally. If that's you, just raise your hand. And the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word. I believe he's mending hearts tonight. I believe he's mending hearts tonight. With your hands lifted right now, we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, right now, God, begin to mend broken hearts. Begin to mend emotionally, God. Begin to mend broken hearts, God. You're the healer. You're the healer. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word. Some of you are still living off of what's been spoken over you. What they called you. The words that have been spoken over you, that's called a word curse the devil wants you to live out those things and God says tonight the blood of Jesus speaks a better word I call you son I've called you daughter shame has to go tonight even some of you feeling regret and shame from mistakes you've made that you can't change no more you live with the regret you live with the shame but tonight the blood of Jesus breaks shame We rebuke and bind shame and guilt in Jesus' mighty name. Unforgiveness. Holy Spirit, have your way. Freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Freedom in Jesus' mighty name. A few more moments. Just lift your hands one more time and we're just going to worship. Gonna pray that every chain of addiction, every chain of addiction be broken tonight lust addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, every chain be broken tonight in the name of Jesus. Pastor Joe, can you come up here real quick? We're just gonna pray right now. Listen, it, it might be something that, you, that nobody knows about. But a sin cycle, a stronghold, an addiction over your life drug addiction, lust addiction, chains fall in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray that right now, Pastor Joseph. Go ahead, lift your hands. I want you to sing that. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, every hand that's lifted, God, we lift them to you. You're the chain breaker. stay right there. Father, in the name of Jesus, We're not gonna embarrass you. Just come up right here to the front. You need freedom from any type of addiction. Chains need to fall off of your life. You say, I've been in this sin cycle for too long. Just come up here to the front. Come up here to the front, lift your hands. Just come up here to the front, lift your hands. Just say, I need these chains broken off. We're gonna sing it, come on. Come on, Joshi, let's go. Siamo là Come on, I want everybody to lift their hands to heaven. Come on, everybody. Sing it. Yahweh. Come on, lift your voice. I want to hear your voice. Hello. Your voice, come on, sing with me.